Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, everybody, and welcome into the first episode of the Anything But Football podcast, hosted by myself and our guy, Matt Goldman, right here. Um, this podcast, we were just sort of hoping to give you guys a little glimpse into all the other non-football, non, um, I guess you can call them non-revenue sports. I mean, we're going to touch on a lot of basketball, which brings in a good amount of money, but you, Matt loves the game of lacrosse. I, 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 I enjoy wrestling myself here at Ohio State, and there's a ton of other great athletic programs that we just want to bring more light to every now and then when we get the chance. Also talking a lot about basketball because that's, um, that's where our passion is. So this is going to be our episode for November November 18th. We have one week before the first basketball game at Ohio State against Illinois State. So, Matt, why don't you introduce yourself before we get started? Yeah, thanks, Mick. So this is Anything But Football. Mick and I are going to be running this one in. I'm one of the basketball insiders for Buckeye Scoop and started about a month ago, and I've wrote a couple pieces so far. Brought on by some great guys we got. We got Mark, Alex, Tom, Tony, all the great insiders, and plenty of more. And, you know, just really excited to join the Scoop team. A uh, little, bro- little background about myself. I was a sports broadcaster in high school for the past three years, so I really like the play-by-play side. And hoping to do that, I'm a journalism major in college, at, currently at Ohio State. I'm currently in Park Stradley dorm for any of the Ohio State alum out there that know where I live on South Campus, right across from Catfish Biffs one of the famous places that I'm hoping to try one day. But, yeah, I'm really excited, and I hope Mick and I are going to have a fun time with this. All right. And as you guys know, I'm Mick Walker. I've been here many years since the inception. It's been great to be around, sort of to get the lay of the land. It's to start to grow, and we're really taking off now. Hopefully, hopefully as we get through the winter, some stuff starts to pass. Maybe get some more recruiting stuff, visits and stuff in the spring, which is, which is what I know a lot of you guys came to the scoop for. Outside of that, we are going to talk about the Ohio State basketball team primarily this episode since we do have a week away. Um, let's go ahead and, Matt, why don't you give your quick intro, your quick initial thoughts on what this team is? Yeah, I think this team is kind of a bit of a question mark at the moment for me because of the amount of talent they lost. They lost Caleb Weston, who averaged 14 points, the leading scorer for the Buckeyes last year, who potentially can get drafted uh, today. November 18th uh, in the NBA draft. I think second round is his potential. Uh, Coach Holman has talked so highly about him as he's going to be how he's the top three points shooting center in the draft class. And I mean, it showed at the combine. He did lead all players in the combine with three pointers made. But I thought that was pretty impressive. He loses his brother, Andre Wesson, who was a senior last year, who was a consistent forward, who played some decent ball for Ohio State. Not the biggest loss in the world. And I think some of the transfers that Ohio State lost with Luther Muhammad and DJ Carton, I think DJ Carton really did, kind of got lost and talked about, but now he's at Marquette. Uh, he had his mental health issues that he went through, obviously, that the team was very uh, okay with him leaving. Coach Holman's very accepting of it. I think losing him was a big piece, and Luther Muhammad, you know, I think the chemistry really wasn't there with Coach Holman, but I think now you bring in a lot of these transfers with Jimmy Sotos, that Towns, Abel Porter, but Abel Porter won't be able to play this year. Then you add Eugene Brown, Zed Key, 
to the mix, the two uh, freshmen from the 2020 class. I think this is going to be an interesting team, to say the least, because we don't know what's going to happen in such a competitive Big Ten atmosphere this year. Yeah, I mean, we'll talk about it. I'll, my quick intro is pretty much the same thing. I'm really interested in two key losses like we talked about. Andre wasn't the biggest and best player in the Big Ten. Nobody was going to give him that award, and that's what I don't think he would have given himself that award. But it is a lot of the heart and soul of what this program was, and some he was really he was the last guy that um, was really signed by the Mata era, and the rest of the guys have really been brought in under the Chris Holman era. Even though you've seen a lot of departures from that second class in 2018, that just didn't really work out. I mean, he lost half the class. So Dwayne Washington and Justin Arns, but to lose Luther, like you said, it's a decent hit. But I mean, I think. What's big with Holtman and a lot of things is they want to have the right personality fits. And I think once he sort of, once the things got tough, they felt that Luther wasn't that fit and Jaden Ledee was gone. Probably guys probably don't even remember who he is anymore. He was gone. He was here for about a year or so. Um, other than that, I'm really excited to see who these transfers are. I want to see Justin, Justin Stewart get on the court. I want to see Jimmy Sotos take the court. Um, eventually, when he gets on the court, I want to see Seth Towns. I think those are three guys that could really be three of Ohio State's bet, bet, better players down the line. Um, Jimmy Sotis, especially, I don't really know what to expect from him, but I think he'll, he'll fit in nicely with a guy like Dwayne Washington, who I think is going to be one of the better players on Ohio State's roster. Um, come next week, I, I'm, I'm sort of thinking it's going to be, I think, C.J. Walker, Dwayne Washington are the two obvious ones that I think you see Ohio State start. Outside of that, I think Justice probably gets to start. And then I, I'd probably say somewhere um, – it's, I'm going either Issa, I mean not Issa, Musa or EJ on that fourth spot, and then Kyle Young at center. I think that's a that's a pretty obvious pairing. Yeah, Mick, I totally agree with you. I think the CJ and Dwayne are both the obvious picks for the uh, for the backcourt uh, starting five, just because CJ played some of his best ball at the end of the season last year. Unfortunately, didn't get to finish with the Big Ten tournament or March Madness as the Buckeyes will. Five six seed is what it looked like it was going to be, but you know CJ is looking to finish out this year. And what he said in the press conference is he's he's excited. He thinks this team has got a lot of potential. He's looking to himself. You know he knows he's not the star of this team, but he also knows that he can contribute. And he really is one of the key contributors for this team. And then I think Dwayne again, you mentioned he looks to become the obvious score for the Buckeyes this year. And I mentioned my article that he knows that. He needs to be the mature one and step up as he's been talking with the coaching staff all during COVID, all during the pandemic in the summer about how he become that guy for the Buckeyes. And then I think it's going to be Justice, EJ, and Kyle that round out the starting five. I think Justice, from what I've heard from Coach Holtman, is he's a special player and that the Buckeyes are excited to get him after sitting out a year and then being at Cal prior to that. And EJ and Kyle rounded out. seems appropriate. EJ, you know, really looked pretty polished last year as a freshman. I know freshman that doesn't sound appropriate but looked pretty decent last year for what he did he came in there and I still remember the North Carolina game was kind of his breakout game of where we saw what the real EJ Liddell will look like and then Kyle Young has been very impressive for the past few years and he's really the player that I'm excited to see and you know he kind of was spotlight wasn't on him last year just because of Caleb Wesson being there Caleb's ability to be in the paint also shoot outside I think Kyle's going to give a different different type of perspective for Buckeye fans to see what a true center slash forward is like. Yeah, we talked a lot about Dwayne there in that segment. I think EJ's another guy that if he's really who he he showed he could be last year, he could also be the guy that steps up and is possibly the leading scorer just because of how big of a, the potential is and how big of a mismatch he could be in the paint. 
Um, Dwayne's really the guy I go to, and we're going to talk about. We'll, we'll start off here. Our most, imp- my most important player on this roster, I think, is Dwayne. I think he, even go- going back to last year, he was sort of the heart and soul. When Dwayne went, this team went. When Dwayne wasn't going, this team sort of stalled out. And it's not it, uh, and it's not even just about his shots going down. It's whether he's confident, whether he's firing, whether he's g- giving other guys, or if he's just sort of laxed and not doing anything. Um, he really is. I mean, he might not be their best player, but I think he's just the heart and soul. So that's why I picked him for the most important. Um, you could also, I probably have to give him the most valuable player, early season most valuable player, just because I think, like we said, he's likely going to be the scoring leader. He'll probably be up there when it comes to assists, maybe behind CJ. Um, he's a guy. He's a guy that does also very well when it comes to rebounding. So I think he could be a guy that chips in there and really have a full um, full box score when it comes to every game in and game out. Um, next up, I want to go to a breakout player, and I think Justice Stewing's probably my guy on that end. Just a transfer guy, somebody that we don't really know a lot about. But if you go in and look at what he did at Cal, it's pretty impressive. He was one of their leading scorers there while he was there, but it just fit was just never right for him, so he came to Ohio State. And the important thing is that Ohio. Ohio State and Chris Holman have such a specific system. So for him to come in, get a year on the bench, to learn that system, I think he can fit in. And truthfully, he might be able to come in and be the leading scorer right beside Dwayne or right ahead of Dwayne just because of the scoring prowess he has. And I'm, I, didn't, I think it's not a very sexy pick to say, but I'm expecting a lot out of Zed Key this year. I just think that he's a lot like how we talked about with EJ. He came in, he was polished. There's not – I said it yesterday when we talked to Tom, Matt, but – I think he's more of a direct player. I think a lot of times when you talk about recruits and their rankings, a lot of guys like to look at prospects. Well, he's not the best basketball player, but he's 6'11". He can, he's got 7'4 wingspan. That's not Zed. Zed is a legitimate 6'8", 6'9". He has a high wingspan. That's true. He has very long arms. And that's what's going to allow him to play that 4-5 spot. That's going to be very interesting. I just don't – I think we're going to get a very solid Zed from the minute he first steps on the court of State to four years later when he's leaving. There will probably be some highs, probably be some lows, but I think it will be very steady throughout his four years, and that's why I sort of pick him as my breakout player. So what, why don't you give me your most imp- most important, most valuable, and breakout, and it's probably going to overlap some. Best newcomer, why don't you give me some of those on your end, Matt? Yeah, and you mentioned Dwayne was your most important player. I, I agree. I, I think and you kind of took the words out of my mouth again uh, where you said that Dwayne – if this team's going, Dwayne is scoring. If this team's not going, Dwayne's not scoring. And I think some good examples are the North Carolina game, the Villanova game last year, where Ohio State absolutely dominated two top ten teams at that time, where Dwayne just went off from three point arc to pull ups to mid range. I mean, he was kind of doing it all. And I think if Dwayne is able to average around thirteen to fourteen points a game this year, kind of like what Caleb's doing last year, I think this team's in a really good spot because that means they're getting him open. That means that they're having the ability for him to get around the court. And, you know, he's also dishing it out. It's not like he's scoring 20 points a game where he's just being that guy who keeps scoring, scoring, scoring. I think it's good, but I think he, I think Dwayne needs to be kept in check a little bit. But I really hope that if Dwayne can, you know, just score at least 10 a game, I think that's going to really benefit the Buckeyes. And then for MVP, I actually had Kyle Young. Kyle, I, I've already mentioned it. I really like Kyle. I really think this guy is special. And, I think it, since we don't know when Seth's going to be back currently as he's still resting his knee or rehabbing his injury from uh, Harvard, I think Kyle just gives this true center feel that Ohio State hasn't had in a while because of Caleb. And now that Kyle's able to take charge, I guess you could say, I think that he's going to really have to step up. I also really enjoy the way he plays. I really enjoy his enthusiasm for the game. 
And in the press conferences, he really loves his team. He really wants to do well this year and showcase what Ohio State basketball is all about. Breakout, I also do have justice. The talk around the team about justice has been unbelievable. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what justice has to do. And what you mentioned, that he has been there for a year knowing the system, knowing what Coach Holman's like. And yes, he does have a specific system, which is why, unfortunately, some players don't work out in his system, such as Luther Muhammad, as we saw. I think Justice will give a interesting feel for this Buckeyes as a 6-7 forward playing a 3-4 or four spot for the Bucs. And then newcomer, I kind of like Jimmy Soto's. Ohio State hasn't had the depth guard for the past year just because CJ and Dwayne were the only two real guards on the team and no Abel, unfortunately. But I think Jimmy, I mentioned last night on the morning, or mentioned yesterday in the morning scoop, that he went from five points averaging per game to eight points to now 11 last year at Bucknell. I think it can only go, I know it might not go up average-wise, but I think his potential can only go up from there just because what he's been able to do now, he's going to a bigger system with better coaching and an Ohio State team that, you know, that can really show Jimmy's strengths. And I think giving Jimmy the ability to shoot from the outside, just not not just having Dwayne shoot from the outside, is going to give Ohio State, it's going to make Ohio State a bigger threat this year. I think one thing we got to mention with Jimmy, too, is he has far more length than C.J. Walker does, and that's no knock on C.J. C.J. is just who he is. He's a stout 6'1 kind of guy. I think when you're able to put guys out there like a Jimmy Soto, so alongside of Dwayne, and then you pass it over to maybe a Justice, and then say you put when Seth's back, you put Seth at the four and Kyle at the five, then you might, you might not have that seven-footer, but I think you have a lot of long arms, a lot of guys that can get into passing lanes. And that makes it another interesting thing is I think the length and the defensive ability that Jimmy can bring is another thing that can make him a breakout kind of player. Um, we'll sort of just take it, split the roster in half and go front court, back court, even though this, this roster is far more heavy in the, um, sorry, in the back court with the, with all the different guards that they have. I mean, you're looking at wings from guys like we talked about CJ, CJ is a point guard. We haven't even mentioned Michi who's going to come in mid year. Michi's going to be another good point guard. But when you talk about like shooting guards, uh, Jimmy, Jimmy's probably that combo guy and go back and forth, but he'll probably be more getting point guard reps. Then you got Dwayne, you got Justin, Justin Arns, who is a lights out shooter when he's on and he can be on. He's streaky, but I mean, that's what you got to live with a guy like Justin. You got Justice, we got Seth. Seth goes back and forth, same with sort of Musa. But this, this roster is just so wing and guard heavy that I think you're going to see a lot of what we, most people would think is a four, sort of like a, a four guard, one big lineup. But I just think that's how this roster is constructed. And as for how good this backcourt could be, I mean, they probably have two of the more steady guys in the Big Ten when you look at Dwayne and when you look at CJ. The hope would be that I think Dwayne, if, if Ohio State's going to reach its peak, you're hoping that Dwayne is at, at best like a first-team Big Ten all kind of guy. I think you sort of need him to be a second-team Big Ten all, all kind of guy to get to where they want to be, to being a, being a force in the Big Ten and also making a deep run in the playoffs. CJ's not a guy that well, CJ's a guy we keep mentioning a lot, but I don't think he'll ever really get his praise until maybe when if something goes wrong with the point guards, if Michi's not catching up to the system, which I think he will. But I think we're gonna we need to really appreciate this year with CJ, who's been in the system now. He knows what Chris Holman wants. Chris Holman recruited him back at Butler, and then he ended up going to Florida State. So I mean, CJ knows exactly how Chris Holman wants this, and that's why he's been there for so long. We just like getting to see guys like Musa Jallo, Justice Suing, Seth Towns will really tell us how good this backcourt is. And honestly, with that group of three guys might tell us how good this roster is because and how good the team is. Because there are guys that can make shots, defend three positions, and also just be impact players from 
all three levels of the offense, and which is important at this game. Because just like how football's transition, it's an offensive game. I mean, obviously, you have to score more points to win the game, and Ohio State's going to need to find some guys to score points, and those are three guys that have shown they can't score points. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway, and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Matt, what are your thoughts on sort of the backcourt, some of the guys back there? Yeah, so you touched upon Justin Arns. I want to start off with and how he is streaky. I just... We haven't really seen enough as Buckeye fans. I know Coach Woman doesn't enough, which there could be reasons why, and I think there could I could guess the reasons that he just doesn't give the value that they believe that he needs to be in that long. I think Justin Arns is an interesting player that Buckeye fans he's kinda of, he kinda of goes under the radar sometimes of he doesn't get in some of the games during the Big Ten season, but then he goes into an Iowa game and shoots four for four from the three point line. You're like, what the heck just happened? Who is he? And I think he is going to be a guy. He's not going to get as much time this year as people expect because now Jimmy came in, and I think Jimmy, I think Jimmy will get the bump over him just because J- Jimmy has proven himself more Bucknell averaging eleven points a game, which is pretty solid for a Buck- Bucknell player. And uh, CJ and Dwayne, you mentioned that I think that they are one of the better tandems of the backcourt in the Big Ten. That veteran presence coming back with a senior and then having a junior as well back there that both. We're playing their best ball last year. And then Eugene, Abel, Abel unfortunately couldn't play from Utah State to transfer. I think Eugene's going to be really interesting. One of those wing type of guys for Ohio State coming in for the freshman class. That's a player that I'm really excited to watch. And Coach Holman already mentioned that him and Zed Key are going to get in, be in the rotation this year. And that is pretty cool to see two freshmen to get in immediately and, you know, have an impact. So I really think this backboard's going to – be different than we've seen in the past for Buckeye fans just because of how versatile that how many different guys and how versatile this backcourt is. Yeah. You mentioned with Justin there. I think I think we're gonna have to see a lot from this initial first probably chunk quarter of the season. So we'll see whether how his season's gonna project. If he's able to fit inside the system, his third year in the system, he's able to fit, take the proper shots and not just throw up shots. I think I think we can see some increased playing time. But if he's goes into some of the tendencies where he had where it's it's Justin Ball and he's taking shots that we like don't fit inside a Chris Holman system, then we're probably you're probably right. We're gonna see some um we're gonna see some we're not gonna see Justin is what I was trying to say. And then you you mentioned Gene. Gene's a guy I'm very close with. I actually made a trip down to go see him in Georgia and I he's a great kid. I didn't even mention him because I think his basketball his best basketball is probably might be two years away, at least one. I think he's gonna be a great guy when you start talking about when this twenty one class comes in. When you can run a guy like Michi at point, Malachi at two, and then Gene at three, those three as in that front court in 2021 and 2022, 
is going to be a talented roster. I think Gene's going to make – he'll probably have some splash plays, probably have some plays where we go, oh, Gene, don't do that this year. I just – I don't expect to see a lot from Gene. Um, going forward, you go into the front court, and it's it's a small group. It, it's – what they have is what they have, and that's – they have an experienced, very experienced Big Ten guy that's going to give him valuable minutes and be able to do what he does, and a guy that you have obviously said that you like a lot in Kyle Young. Um, I, I'll be interested to see maybe he can expand his game and add a three-point shot because from talking to people that saw him in high school, the fact that Kyle shoots such a low percentage on threes in college is astounding to a lot of people because he was he was the best player in Ohio his senior year, and that's when Caleb was coming out and a lot of other guys were coming out. And it's it's going to be interesting to see if um, Kyle can sort of expand his game, be a stretch kind of guy down there despite his size. And hopefully, I mean, you, you, have, you need to see Kyle stay out of foul trouble because that's something he struggled with last year. And we're going to need him to stay out of foul trouble if you want to succeed at, at a high level in the Big Ten with Caleb not being there to back him up. Outside of that, I mean, I want to see some progression. I want to see some light from Ibrahima this year. And I think we could. I just – I. He's probably the most, the biggest unknown. He could be our breakout guy when we sit down and talk about this season review because nobody knows how, how we're going to get Ibrahima this year. If he can be a guy that can give them minutes after Kyle gets hurt or, I mean, after Kyle gets in some foul trouble or just when Kyle needs a breather, if Ibrahima can be that guy, then I think we're looking at a better roster than we even talked about because Ibrahima's potential is probably higher than most guys on this roster. Zed's a guy I talked about as something that could be a breakout because I think as a pure basketball player, Zed might have came in better than Ibrahima is now, and that's a year after being in college. And that's not, not a knock on Ibrahima. I think that's a, more of a compliment on Zed because Zed was so refined when he came in for being – because Zed knew what he was. He wasn't trying to be a seven-foot big that was going to block shots all the time. He wanted to be a back-to-the-basket kind of guy that was going to be able to score with technique, with refinement down in the post, and that's what he's been – that's what he did at high school. That's what you saw him do against Deer Cannon. That's what he's going to be able to do early on at Ohio State. Other than that, I mean, you're looking at guys on the Ohio State roster in the big, big era. I mean, we, we mentioned Seth Towns with the backboard. He could probably be – he's going to be able to flip back and forth. I think a guy like Justice could probably too. Um, Moose has shown the ability to probably guard the four when he needs to. Um, Seth might be the determining factor on how this backboard goes. If, Seth, if Seth's able to come back, Ian B maybe, like we talked about, CJ being a – I mean, we talked about Dwayne being a second-team second all-Big Ten guy – Seth can come back and be that sort of level, maybe even just an honorable mention on a Big Ten guy, then you're getting something to not only be excited about this season, but going forward, as I think he's going to have to be sort of that face with Dwayne in the next uh, next season, not just this season. Um, Seth's, the, Seth's the key guy here. Seth and Ibrahima, it's so unknown what's going to happen. And I haven't even mentioned EJ. I knew I was forgetting somebody. EJ is just somebody that I think was going to come in. He's probably more athletic than Zed, and he, he showed that last year at times. It's just whether he can expand his game too. I think because you just need to, you're seeing bigs do that nowadays. And I think that's one reason why Luca Garza came back. He, he wasn't going to have a high end. He, he was what he was this year. But if he can come back, show some um, outside shooting ability, and then maybe he can prove himself a little bit more for the Big Ten. And that's why Caleb did it. Um, EJ, hopefully you can see that from him. And with Kyle, it's just these bigs are going to be small. And it's going to be how these bigs go is how it's going to be in the Big Ten. Because I mean, you got, like we mentioned, we said Luca Garza, Kofi um, Coburn at Illinois. You're ta- and then you talk about you, – you go, you go down the list. Wisconsin's obviously got Micah Potter, a few ba- bigs down there. It's going to be determining on how these bigs are. It's how the season's going to go because they need to be able to play bigger than what they are and they need to be able to, need to play smart and not have as many fouls. But I think that it's a talented group. It's just an unproven group that we need to see more from. Um, I'll be interested to hear your thoughts on this back court and the front court. Yeah, you start off – you talked about the three-point shooting. I think – Game of basketball in general is kind of changing with that. Now bigs need to have the 
the ability to be successful and you know make it to the next level. And I like to see Kyle get more of that potential. You you mentioned high school. You saw him that he was able to shoot the three. I do want to see him give that opportunity for Buckeye Buckeyes this year because if you add Kyle Young to shoot the three, that's it's dangerous right there for a team to have. And just I think Kyle and EJ will set the tone for this team. You were spot on about the centers how they're going to set the tone. Bigs, excuse me, how they're going to set the tone just for the whole Big Ten because you know they're going against some of the top players in the country. The Big Ten is so competitive. This is the best conference in the country this year. Just that there's seven of the eleven teams are currently ranked in the AP preseason top twenty-five with Buckeyes at number twenty-three. And then you go to EJ. I think EJ is going to be this big guy who's going to improve from last year, definitely, because you don't usually go down from freshman to sophomore year. Usually they're going to build up, just like you think Eugene Brown's going to build up this next possible year and make his game a little better. I think EJ is going to, if he's going to be in the starting five, he's going to be able to prove that he you know, he belongs there and that he's not this smaller forward who's not as aggressive as people are saying he's out to be. I think he really needs to, he's going to compliment Kyle really well, and that's how those two are going to go back and forth this year. And then you mentioned just I, you mentioned Ibrahima, excuse me. Ibrahima is kind of a question mark for Ohio State fans because he was the seven-one prospect coming from prolific prolific prep, excuse me. And people don't really know what he's kind of like because he's got so so much size and pretty big dude. I sit next to him in math class, so I get to see him every Thursday. There's my college algebra business and. I, you know, I talked to him a little bit, and he pretty much just says, like, you know, they're looking forward to the season. He he says, pretty much just said, like, are you, like how's, what's playing time going to look like? He says, you know, I just listen to the coaches. I'm going to do whatever they say because I, I, I trust them. So we may see a little Ibrahim in this year, and if we do, I think we're going to see some I think we're gonna see some growth from him. I think we'll see some pros, less than cons, if anything. And then, you know, Harrison Hoofkin doesn't really get mentioned because I don't see him playing much, I think he'll just be there maybe to add a little depth in case like he gets to go in towards the Illinois State games or the Warren State games type of uh, part of the, the non-conference schedule for Ohio State. And then Zed really interests me. You, you keep talking about how Zed wasn't that, he's not kind of like the prospect type of guy, he's more of a player type of guy. And he will come in, I think will have a pretty big impact for Ohio State. 6-8 coming out of New York, one of the better teams in the country. They did beat Sierra Cannon. I watched them playing against Bronny Jr. and Zaire Wade and some of the best players in the country. And Zed proved himself. Zed proved himself against some of the best talent in the country. You know, he wasn't highly touted, highly recruited out of high school in Ohio State. Which is, you know, he really felt like that was his home, and he's been committed for a long time. I think Zed is going to, you know, come in there. I think defense is going to be where he's going to have the most success is what we saw in high school with him. So I'm really hoping that he's going to have an immediate impact on the defensive side for Ohio State. Yeah, and then I, we're going to start talking about now after we've we gone through sort of the roster, our expectation. Now we're actually going to, like I said, expectations that we're going to actually sort of break down and talk about what we expect from this team going forward. I I mean, in the Big Ten, we talked about it. There's, I think, eight people. I think there's five teams, four teams in front of them. Coaches pulled it. I think there's five. I think that's what you need to see. This is a down, this is a down year after losing a guy like Caleb. You got your sort of – you want to get through this year, and I mean, you got such a talented 21 group, 2021 signing class coming in that you want to see some production out of this year. I think you need to be in that top five of the Big Ten. That's sort of where Chris Holtman's lived. I mean, you look at it, his first year, he's up there, I think second. He sort of fell down into that eighth area. Um, 
we got to face it. This is this is Chris Holtman's team now. He's got all his guys sort of coming in. No, no Mata guys. It's it's all his roster. So I think we need to see. I mean, it's going to be hard to beat. I want it in it on a day in and day out basis. Illinois is going to be a tough out. You got to hope that you can steal one from Wisconsin. Maybe same with Michigan State. But other than those four, you need to be you need to be right there behind them in that fifth team. Because I think obviously they have sort of a Sweet Sixteen. Maybe even Elite Eight if you sort of slide into the right spot of the bracket expectations for this team. And you can't do that being a sixth or a seventh place big team team. You need to be in the top five. And so that's sort of my expectations. That's what I I, I think they need to sort of finish because you need also we, – we've seen inconsistent play from Chris Holman this year. And it's such a big – such a, a powerful Big Ten with sort of a shortened season. You just need to see something that's going to – show you that, okay, he's got it going. It's going to be con- – I need. I want to see some consistency. I, I love the staff. I love the team that they have. I just want to see it for the whole schedule this year from Chris Holman. I think we're going to see that. It's going to be tougher because the, there's so many top Big Ten powers, and he lost so much production when you talk about Andre and Caleb leaving the door. Outside of that, I mean, you as Ohio State, you should – your expectation and hope should be to make the big um, the tournament every year, um, make it to hopefully the second week, and I think – I don't think Sweet 16 is impossible if this team's playing at a level like as high as we think it could be. Um, that's just sort of my expectations for this team. I want to I see a top five in Big Ten, maybe a Sweet 16 appearance, at least a, uh, a 32, uh, round of 32. Uh, what about you, Matt? What are your expectations for how this season goes for the Bucks? Yeah, with such a talented conference this year, it's going to be really tough to, you know, not to beat a lot of these teams because. Now, Ohio State finished 11-9 last year. They looked a lot better than 11-9, in my opinion. You mentioned inconsistent play. I did think there was I did think there was some of that in the beginning. I think their non-conference schedule also really helped that their ranking and what, that their record showed a little better against you know North Carolina, Cincinnati, Kentucky, Villanova that they beat last year. My expectations, if they play a full schedule, hoping COVID doesn't get in the way of that, but you know, it doesn't we have no idea what it looks like as it evolves every day, COVID. I, I'd like to think that Ohio State will improve a little bit from their 11-9, so I think just 12-8 and eight this year if they were to play a full schedule. Because it's so hard to have the momentum. Let's say you play Iowa on this Tuesday, and then you got to go Saturday, you got to go play Illinois. I mean, that's not easy to do when you're going against two top 15 teams right there alone, and you want to push yourselves. Because I just think that the coaching staff's going to have to figure out some way to manage this team better. And if they really want to have a shot at being top five in the Big Ten, which I really do think there's a possibility for this team too, because I think there's a lot of better presence on this team that I think can really help. And his coaching staff is pretty seasoned by now. You know, Holman's got his guys on his coaching staff. You mentioned this is all Coach Holman's team. To the, they all know the system now. They're not part of the Thad Mata era anymore. I just think that Sweet 16, I think that the Sweet 16 is in sight. I don't think it's possible. I don't think it's not possible. I think that Ohio State just needs to manage expectations. I think fans do too because, again, seven of the top 11 teams in the Big Ten, seven of the 11 teams in the Big Ten are in the top 25, which is not normal for any conference to ever have in any sport just because that just shows that there's so much dominance going on. So I'm just I'm hoping that this Ohio State team can you know, progress this year and go a little farther than they did last year. I was thinking that they were going to be around a 32 team last year, which is the way they were going. This year, I think that they got a better shot to go a little far. This, you know, they got they added a lot more depth, but in the guards and you know their freshmen are coming. I think Seth, once he's healthy, is really gonna add a lot to this team. So, I mean, the expectations are, are, are somewhat high here at Ohio State. And then 
I just want to touch on, you know, we got the game in one week against Illinois State. I think expectations I have is not that high just because I think low expectations for a game one for any sport of the season. You can't have that high of expectations of going and be like, oh, we're going to dominate this team. I think Ohio State's going to start off slow. I just think where Ohio State's going to shine a little bit is the defensive side, in my opinion. I think that Ohio State's really going to show their abilities to grab the rebounds, go in block this year. I think they're just so tall and they're so athletic. What, what are your thoughts, Mick, about you know, this game against Illinois State and how they're going to perform? Yeah, obviously you, you want to think they'll come out with a win. I think you to achieve their goals, you have to be able to beat a team like Illinois State, even though I, I haven't really looked down to what the – what Illinois State has. Um, you talked about it. Defense is something that Chris Holman's been able to sort of hang his hat on throughout his career at Ohio State. Regardless of who's really been his offensive go-to guy, it's something that they've, able to, they've been able to do from day one is to count that they're going to they're gonna have guys that play hard on defense. And just like we saw on offense, they have a defensive system that they want to run and that they fit into. And that's what they work hard to – I mean, you have to be able to run that system and do what Chris Holman wants to do. Um, offensively, I just want to see – whether it be Dwayne, whether it be Justice, I want to see one guy. I mean, show us a glimpse that you can be the guy that takes over the scoring, be that guy, go-to guy in a game like this. Because I mean, I mean, you're gonna have to, this is where you should be getting settled in. If, if you let Justin get Justin Arnold get up six three pointers, that's fine. You know, let guys sort of figure out how everything's gonna be for the season. Get Ibrahima some minutes. Get the freshmen some minutes. Really, just find the early identity, and I'd be able to know that. Okay, we can rec- we might be able to rely on. Dwayne for 12 and Justice for 16 or vice versa. Maybe find one guy that you know. I want to be able to come out of this. You know, okay, he looks like the guy that's going to be able to take over the scoring. Um, I expect the Buckeyes to come out with a win. Other than that, I think you're – are you on the same path on that, come out with a win against Illinois? Yeah, I think that's, I think that's the reasonable answer there. But I yeah. want to know from your perspective, just, you know, you're big into the recruiting aspect, recruiting insiders here. I want to know – in the viewers also about like what what should they expect from Michi Johnson if he were to come for the second semester of school and you know get in maybe play in December and Coach Holman said that he might get to play in these big ten games immediately and we're going to get to see him play so just, I want to hear about him and then talk more about the, like the recruiting side of all of this. Yeah, so Michi, I, I mean, I I think Michi Michi's a very charismatic guy and he has high expectations for himself. You mentioned it though; he's coming in, he's going to be thrown in like go against the uh, Iowa assume from Illinois, go against. You know, Josh Langford from um, Michigan State, go against some, maybe like a Franz Wagner. I don't know who's going to be running a point up there for Michigan. Isaiah Livers, something like that. You're going to have to go against these powerful, well-known Big Ten guards right away in your what should be your high school senior season. So I think you're going to see – you're probably going to see a player or two where you're like, man, that's the point guard of our future. But as you are going to see with a lot of freshmen, you're going to see a lot of time of like, all right, he should not be on the court right now. It's just not not his place. Um, uh, going forward, I think Michi's going to be a great point guard of the future. I think may, I mean, maybe you see maybe you see him start the point guard next year. Maybe somehow Jamie Sotos takes this year and comes back for another scholarship year because he thought he was going to be sitting out. It's just all what you have to do when you look at that. And I think Michi Michi's going to be a guy that I should I wouldn't have high expectations for this year. I just I want to be able to see that he has, he has those splash plays and you can see that he's processed in the college game. But to expect him to come in mid year and learn this offensive system is just not going to be realistic. Um, because like we talked about, it's a thing that you actually have to learn. I know that some when somebody I talked to near the program, they said like he he he's a very talented player. It's just gonna be a difficult time to learn the system mid year against Big Ten teams. Um, my expectations for him aren't that high. I just think I just think learn the system, come in, maybe make a few impact plays, and that's all I really want to see from Michi. 
Um, Recruiting-wise, it's obviously just had some great news. You get the top player from your state of New York over there, Matt, up there, um, um, Roddy Gale Jr. up there in Niagara, which I know most people wouldn't think that's where the top player in New York comes from, but he's he's a very talented three-level scorer that runs 6'4", 185 pounds, so he's going to be a guy. I sort of see him a lot like a Dwayne, but I think he's going to do what Dwayne does at a lot higher level and probably make an earlier impact. I think it's going to be great to see him in the long term play alongside a guy like Malachi Branham, play alongside a guy that's in his class in Bowen Hardman. Uh, those are just going to be two guys that play very well together. Um, other than that, I'm going to be out on the road here in a little bit. Seeing, um, I'm going to go see Bowen actually December 1st as they play Mueller High School, um, one of the top powers in Ohio and probably the best Ohio, Ohio high school basketball program. Um, they also have a guy that Ohio State sort of monitoring him closely in 2022 in Evan Mahaffney because I think they want sort of a longer, maybe a small forward, big wing to go alongside Roddy and um, Bone because when you look at this roster, the, the amount of wings that will be, ex, like, be gone by the time this 2022 class steps on the court at Ohio State is crazy. I mean, you, I don't want to go down all the names, but you're talking Dwayne Washington. C, um, yeah, Dwayne Washington Jr., C.J. Walker, Jimmy Soto will be gone. Moose will be gone. Seth will be gone. Justin will be gone. And you go, you go on for a few more names, it's just crazy all the guys that will be gone by the time the 22 ends. And so that's why you see a guy like Evan Mahaffney that will be in the look. I mean, we're going to look at some – got to look at uh, big big men for the 2021 class. I think that's going to be the big thing finishing out. They want a big guy, and they'll get a big guy by the time this 2021 class steps on full force at Ohio State, whether it be the transfer portal or the high school high school ranks. I think a guy that just decommitted from Penn State is a guy that they're going to start monitoring very closely. Um I believe his name is Elijah Hutchinson Everett. I hope I said that right. Um, Efton Reed's another guy that they're looking at closely. Chad Holmgren's a guy that they would love to try and land, but I think it's just going to be difficult with a player of his caliber. Charles Bediaco is a guy that's been considered an Alabama lean because of how well he can recruit Canada, but, I mean, you never know. He's a very quiet guy with his recruitment. Um, other than that, you gotta add a bit. You got to add a big in 21. you got to probably add another wing and a big and a point guard. You have three spots probably left in 22, despite already having 20, uh, already having two commitments. I'm um, going to see Malachi and a few other guys at Ohio showcase the Saturday after Thanksgiving. I'm looking forward to that. But that's all that's really going on the recruiting front. Matt, how are you enjoying Columbus is what I really want to know. How's the campus life treating you down there despite the COVID restrictions? Yeah, it's, it's fun. Unfortunately, there's no game day, so we can't go to the games. But being here is pretty awesome. The atmosphere is still great. I mean, everybody's just got the school spirit going. Everyone's rubbing the buck guys like crazy. Uh, yeah, classes. Got a few in-person classes that I get to go to, so that's pretty cool. I get to walk around South Oval, Main Oval, North Oval is what they call it. Uh, I go to all different parts of all different parts of campus. Yeah, so the food, uh, you know, college food for a kid is not amazing, but, you know, I deal with it. Uh, I actually do go home Thursday, and I'll be back in New Jersey for about a month and a half until I come back for the second semester. But, yeah, finals are coming up, and I love the city of Columbus. I really like a big city feel coming from a suburb in New Jersey. Shout out to Westfield. I really just like the change of scenery, and I think Columbus is a great city, and this is an awesome campus that's filled with awesome spirit. we got to talk about something really important here. And how, how do you feel knowing your Giants are one of the worst teams in football, but also – up near the top of the NFC uh, lease. You know, I don't think they're one of the worst teams in football at the moment. I think as a Giants fan, they're really progressing. I think I don't think you would put them in the five worst teams, in my opinion. Just I think they're right outside the six worst team. You know, makes me happy to feel that way. But uh, I really think that the Giants 
they're, they're going in the right direction. Joe Judge is their guy. I think Dave Gettleman's got to go. Got to get the GM out of there. I think he, he's this old school guy who really likes the hog molly style for football. I don't believe that's Joe Judge's philosophy. And I think if they have to go after one guy, don't know the name off the top of my head, but the Patriots have their assistant GM who worked with Judge for a while as Judge was in New England as a special teams coordinator for a couple of years under Bill Belichick. You know, he's been under a great coaching tree of Bill Belichick and Nick Saban as time, as times Alabama and now in New England. So I think if the Giants were to bring in a young head like that for the GM and, you know, pair him with Joe Judge, it's a, it's a great match right there. I think the Giants, they're also the ninth youngest team in the NFL. Ninth youngest, that's, that's pretty young right there. The average age is 25.7, I believe, for the Giants. And I think that the Giants are going the right direction. Yeah, they're in a bad conference. You mentioned the NFC least, I guess people could call it, that aren't, in, aren't fans of the Washington football team, the Dallas Cowboys, the Eagles, or the Giants. People can make fun of that, and they can have their laughs. But I do enjoy it. I do enjoy the competitive spirit a little bit. They got a big win against the Eagles, who are really going downhill right now. I think the Giants, I know they have a hard schedule coming up. They got to play Baltimore, Seattle, still Arizona, some of the top teams. I think the Giants are heading in the right direction. We might see a 6-10 and 10 team make the playoffs for represent the NFC East. Uh, we're not going to mention the fact that also the Giants' first loss of the season came against my undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers. So after that, I mean, we got Indiana week coming up. I mean, I think we both have Ohio State winning that game. That's going to be great to see. Uh, great to see Ohio State get back out on the field. Um, thank you guys for tuning in to the first episode of Anything But Football. Uh, we'll be hopefully to be back every week, probably around Wednesday. I think that's a good time in the middle of the week to sort of catch the games that are played, catch the games that are coming up. Make sure you follow Matt on Twitter, and you can find him at – what's it, Matt? It's at Matt underscore Goldman 28. Okay, 2-8 and eight Giants over here, 28. You see, you see he's got that right there. Um, thank you guys Please. for tuning in. And bye.